Hey, everybody. I am Jess. I'm Shasta. And we are the Chicks in Charge. And we are so excited to have a wonderful guest on our show today. She is a BDC mastermind, Martha Alvarado. And I'm going to go ahead and bring her in right now. Hey, Martha, Hi. how are you? Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing today? So good. How are you? How are you? I'm doing great, you know, enjoying my day off after I answer a few emails from work, but you know, I'm still off, so it's good. Another feeling. What, what do you do on your days off? What do you enjoy doing? Uh, you know what? I like taking some time at home with my dogs. You know, I feel that they left alone most of the day, so I like enjoying like the morning or the afternoon with them. Always want to have a few cup of coffees throughout the day, a good salvi always you know, have coffee all day long. And I'm and actually just running errands. You know, life sometimes is so busy. So I'm glad that I have a day during the week that I can just go and do so many things, you know. Um, and sometimes I wonder, how did I do it when my kids were little? That's the mm -hmm. question. Because I feel sometimes that I don't have time right now, but my kids are older. And when I see everybody with the small kids, how did I do it? How do I do everything? You know, so it's like maybe the older that I'm get, the less multitasker that I have gotten, and it worries me. Or it was just like, you know, the pressure of the kids. But it's it feels good. You know, it feels good to sometimes just enjoy the day and try to relax at home. I don't. I try to stay at home as much as I can sometimes. Absolutely. I feel that. You're working, when you're working five, six days a week, it's it's nice to have that day off, huh? Yeah. So, so Martha, we know that you are a BDC mastermind and we want to hear about your experience, you know, inside of the dealership, working with your team. What are some trials that you guys, um, that you have experienced and how have you overcome them? Do you mind just giving everybody a quick backstory about you, where you started and how you got to where you are today? Sure. No, 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 no. So, uh, I was, um, Marketing manager, I'm a telemarketing manager and I managed a big location. And that's how I started in like game on the phones. Then I moved into the dealership. They gave me a shot. Okay. As a BDC rep. And it, this is back in 2000 when nobody knew anything about BDCs. You know, this was very new and nobody was really any aware of uh, CSI. I moved into a customer relation uh, role and that really gave me another perspective because when I was there, I was working with everyone. Every single department, body shop, finance, business office, mission. So I learned a lot of what's going on. And I learned why the customers were upset and I learned how to help them out. So when I came back to be a BDC manager, I took on that role where I was going to make sure my reps were educated. Because one of the challenges inside the dealership is we answer all the calls. You know, when the receptionist sometimes doesn't really know what to do with the customer that is upset and nobody else is picking up the phone, they're like, send it to BDC, right? Because you need to relieve the, 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 the phone lines. So from there, I my approach has always been educate the BDC, the BDRs as much as possible. Make them understand how everything works. So I usually, you know, walk them into the reception and pretend, you know, like, you know, I let them know how it goes when they sit down with the salesperson and works with the floor managers, what the sales manager do, what happened with our sitting in finance, all the conversations that they kind of like have, what happened when they take delivery of the vehicle. So they have that visual understanding of what's the customer journey when they're there and yes. after they leave. Because it's easier for them mm -hmm. then to, even when we're doing follow-up, to see where they're at and 
you know, kind of like have an idea. It's like a mental map, I would say, you know, and it helps you to provide a better service when they're answering the phones. Yes, it does. And that's discussion because I think the trial the most difficult trial, it's the frustration that sometimes they go through, you know, throughout the day and not being able to find sometimes the right answers, you know, and uh, the help. Okay. And shaking it off after they hung up with the customer and moving on to the next one and not carrying that along. Yeah, that's yep. so important. And we talked a lot about that yesterday in, in preparation for this, the the mindset that matters of whoever is speaking to your customers in the first place, especially when you only have one of five senses on a phone call. And that's, that's the, uh, the, sorry, the brain right now. Um, yeah. So the ability, yeah, the ability to hear what's going on. And so if the person on the other end of that, the agent, the salesperson, whoever that is on the other end of that call, in our case, the BDC for you guys Mm -hmm. and us, that, if that person is not on their A game, if that person is not feeling top notch, or if they just had a really horrible call before that, they're going to maybe not project that 100% and be awful to that next customer. But do you think they're going to be 100% on their A game? Probably not. So it's so important to be aware of those things. And and we call it the energy. I don't know what you guys call it in, in your center, but we call it the energy and keeping the energy in the room up and keeping everybody hyped up and excited. Is that something that you find that you're always doing in your in your BDC as well? Yes, you know, it's energy. And I, I emphasize a lot between my team that I said, like, you know what, the energy inside our room, the energy inside often the ones that we project is very important. And sometimes it's hard because you're going to have personal issues sometimes that you're dealing with. And then you add up, you know, everything that is going on inside the dealership because it, it is, it is busy. It's not all, it's fun. It's, you know, sometimes we try to make pictures it goes, you know, as, as quick and fun as possible. But there is a lot of stress because all of us have a pressure, right? We want to perform and develop the business for the dealership. And on that, you're going to have the customers. And like you said, like, you know, you don't sometimes project that 100% to the next customer. You hold a little bit. But how many customers sometimes are they? You have to face that. So eventually, sometimes it's just keep piling up. And, and it's working on different ways where you will let them understand, okay, let it all go. Because if you don't, it's just going to bottle yeah. up and just you're just going to like lose it. At the end, we are humans, you know, yeah. and we have feelings as well. Yeah. How important is it to have the buy-in from, you know, not just the top down, but the sides around too, from the sales team, the service team. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have somebody in that's a service advisor or a salesperson, how quickly can somebody who one of them is having a bad day impact your BDC, your agents and affect that energy in the room? Automatically, you know, sometimes like when they're also their energy is negative, they're not going to see a certain situation in a more broad spectrum. And then they're going to maybe just jump on the conclusion and, you know, call and blame the BDRs for something that maybe it is, was not completely their fault because sometimes we have to like, we have flaws, right? And we need to learn and we need to and we need to bring them up. And I always tell them, if we're not aware of something that is being done the wrong way or okay, or something that needs to get improved, th- there will be no way of uh, teaching or uh, you know, coaching the persons just but you take on that negativity and then it is spreads because if they're frustrated, they're rude to one of the BDRs or anybody else around, then they go back and spread the negativity and, it, and the problem doesn't get fixed. Yeah, it's a cancer. 
Exactly. So, so Martha, you know, I think that I want to piggyback off that for a second because we know very well that one of the biggest rivalries in a dealership is the sales versus BDC. So how do you combat that within the store? I think I'm being very blessed, I will say, okay, that I have worked at BDC departments where their relationship with our sales departments have been really good. So I hear in the industry and this going around and I see the post and I'm like, sometimes like, I'm like, I don't really, it's not that I don't understand it, but I see where it can happen. And it goes boils down to culture, you know, mm -hmm. um, it boils down to culture. Just to give you a quick example, I, we develop a hybrid uh, department, BDC internet department at our dealership right now. Okay. Uh, right when COVID hit. And most of our salesperson have been there for a very long time. So they buy in into this culture. They understand, hey, we work together. We work hand to hand, you know? Yep. We're like 100%. We, we depend on each other. And the chemistry so is really good. Well, recently we have started to add salespeople that are coming from some other places, you know? And when I bring them and I start training them and they see the BBC, the first question is exactly like, ah, how do you as BRC get along with your sales department? You know, on my dealership, we didn't like them. And my dealership, I didn't get along. So I just start asking them the reasons why. It's like, why? It was like, well, they will steal my leads or they will do this. So it's culture, it's process. Okay. You mm -hmm. have to have very clear and defined processes and you have to also have accountability and you cannot just defend hundred percent your BDRs. You have to make them, um, you know, take responsibility when they have done the wrong thing because like I, one of the things that I tell my PDR is like, we're sitting over here with this AC while the guys are outside at hundred degrees. So we need to make sure that we help them. Yeah. We don't, we're not here to block their journey. We're here to improve them. And same thing with the BDRs, uh, with the salespeople. So I also try to like bring them and like have them like that little bit of experience where they're like, okay, come inside, sit inside the BDC, see what it is, been taking all of these calls, you know, and sometimes they go like, oh God, it's like, I don't know how you can handle all of that. You know, like I can barely do my 10 phone calls, right? That they have on their task. So I yeah, day in and day it. out. Right. Exactly. It's, so it's culture, you know, it's culture, it process and accountability. You know? How important yeah. is it that that comes from the top down? Like, I'm sure with your time in doing this, you've worked with, um, and you know, you don't have to name any names. I don't want you to name any names, but um, bad leadership at the top. How, how do you think that impacts things at the, the, the BDC level when you don't have somebody at the top who appreciates the collaboration between BDC and sales or BDC and service? You look, when that happens, the PDRs feel you you lose credibility with them, okay? Because as their leader, they feel that okay, what are you doing for us? What are you doing for us to protect us? Correct. Mm -hmm. I did work in one group very very short time. The GM GM was a big believer of having a BDC, but their GSMs weren't. Okay. So the first, I think, full month that I have the BDC sales working for the three, three dealerships, one of the dealerships did outstanding numbers. But this GSM was on board. He goes, like, I'm going to do whatever I need to do. This is new for me, but I'm here to help you and to support everybody. The other two, they were just going against the the. the the just uh, idea of having a centralized, uh, just having a BDC. And it's because of accountability. Again, yep. 
Because when you have a BDC, then your sales department and it has to be held accountable to the things that they may not be doing the right way. And sometimes the GMs and the principals are not even aware of. Mm-hmm. And um, and, it, and it didn't work out, you know, four months after. I mean, they changed the structure three times in the five months that we were there. Okay. And I could wow. see how my reps were just getting completely frustrated you know they didn't know what to do with the call they didn't know really i mean is it worth it that we make an effort of like bringing this customer and they're not even appreciating it when you have the support when you have um everybody's trust and it's different because then the reps get those shoes of ownership you know i'm gonna come i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna do my work and i'm gonna do my best because you know i am responsible for developing more business for this institution one of another things that I tell them from the minute that I hire them is that we're like the lungs. And I keep saying this, we are like the lungs of the dealership. And I tell them, okay, we don't micromanagement. Everybody's going to work on their own pace. And everybody's going to be responsible for what they do. And you have to just remember in our shoulders is the responsibility to make sure that our advisors have a job, the salespeople have a job and the whole dealership, because yep. we need to bring the business. We need to drive that business back. And when you make them realize how big a responsibility that is, they take ownership and they do their work and they do, they try to do better every single day. Yep. Um, it, it a, sorry. Go ahead. As, as, as the BDC, you're not just putting food on your own table. You're putting food on every single person's table that is in that store that is relying exactly. on. That's yep. a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. It is. I always tell them, hey, when the service drive is empty and we look through the window, it's we're like, you know, we got to get our hats on and work harder. I mean, like, it's not that we don't work harder, but we got to be more creative sometimes. Okay, what are we doing right now that this day doesn't look too busy? What else can we, you know, I mean, turn around very quick? Because, you know, in the BDC, you have long-term follow-up, you have short-term follow-up. And in the sales side, it's the same thing. What else can we do? How can we, what can we tackle? So every, you know, every Friday is like a plan. Okay, what's the game plan for this weekend to make sure that we have, you know, really a good return from what we're doing. But they feel proud. You know, they feel that pride when like, oh my God, do we see how many cars we moved this weekend? Do you see how many cars we sold this weekend? And, And it feels good. You know, and well, when the just come and thank them, they feel. I yes. remember a while ago, one of them, my GSM, sent an email thanking the BDC team for their job over the weekend. One of my reps kept that email, printed it out, and kept it on his desk. He was so amazed that they have said thank you to us. And I was like, wow, if they will only understand. A little action like that, how much it means sometimes for the BDRs. Not for yes. me. I mean, not for us. We, I mean, it's different. We are different, you know. It's for us. Those those little things. Yeah, and you know, the, that appreciation goes such a long way for them. It, 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 and it always goes back to that mindset, that energy, and their temperature, their mental temperature, and just giving them, you know, that attaboy when they did a good job, which. You know, and and I struggle with it sometimes too. Why am I going to tell them they're doing a good job when all they're doing is their job? And it's it's the mentality when you sit and listen to that phone ring all day long, or when you're when you're texting over and over and over again all day long, or sending an email over and over and over again, that beats your mental capacity down, and you just it's so monotonous. And so any small thing to disrupt that flow and say, hey, I'm doing a good job. Okay, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing then. 
And it's, it's a huge help for them. And I'm sure you see the same thing. And you mentioned something really good that is important for those leading the teams to keep in mind. And I'm not talking about the top, you know, the GSM in principle. No, I'm talking about us, like a PDC director or manager, is that sometimes where we're sitting over there, right? We're listening to the phone calls and we wanted to catch, okay, oh, uh, you know, switch the words and say this, right? This is a better way of overcoming that objection. And I got, I've been caught up, you know, where, where my reps are like, well, you keep telling me everything that I do wrong, but you never tell me when I do something right. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oops, my bad. A lot. Yeah. My bad, you know? And as and I now I tell them, hey, when you see me something doing something that you guys feel that I should improve, come just come and tell me because mm-hmm. I may just be rolling throughout the day and completely like, you know, get on my, you know, right on my role and 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 forget about it. It's very important that we keep it present. We keep aware of that because we influence them as well. Well, well absolutely. Go ahead. We, we have a lag. Uh, and I just, it just reminds me of Fred and Lou's thing. You know, there's always room for improvement, no matter who you are or what you do. And as leaders, all of us are going to screw up. We're all going to forget sometimes to, to give kudos for kudos is due or to show that appreciation whenever we should. And um, I, I think that we're really grateful because we do have a really great team that understands that we're, we're always running around with our head cut off most of the time. Um, but we also know when to stop and show our appreciation. And we do fun spiffs and little things throughout the, throughout the month, like agent of the month and stuff like that to, to help keep up that morale as well. But I agree with you 100%. It's so important that you are, your team knows that they have that open line of communication and that open door policy and that they can and will feel comfortable coming to you saying, Hey, you haven't told me I'm doing a good job lately. Is there something that I'm, I'm not doing right? Is there something else that I need to be doing? Um, And then that is our reminder. And it's really important to have a team that as much as we as leaders know, they need appreciation, but they also show us grace as leaders whenever they don't get it as often as they should. Well, I think it's, I think to feed on that too, the reason why, um, and you know, not to ever, ever make excuses because it's not okay. But the reason why we're always in that looking for what's wrong is we're trying to catch ourselves before a sales manager, a general manager, anybody else can catch us doing something wrong. We want to catch it first. We want to correct it as it happens. And so we're always looking for, did we mess up here? Did we mess up there? And we forget to look for when we get it right. We overlook those times and it's like, okay, there's nothing wrong here. Move along. But that was a great opportunity to say, hey, look at look at this email that Joey sent. Look how phenomenal it is. I want everybody to take a look at this and see, you know, what your favorite part of this is, what the most engaging part of it was for you. And use that as a learning opportunity for the rest of your team. And because if you're doing it in front of the rest of the team, then the rest of the team is seeing when you're elevating Joey. Just using this name mm-hmm. as an example. Yeah. True, you know, so so I like to keep that positive attitude and I like to make it like very real and make everybody understand we all here. I said, I'm part of a team. I said, maybe I'm the one that has the more experience. I'm the leader. But at the end of the day, we all going to learn something new every day because that's that's another thing that I try to like, OK, what 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 what, what is that new thing that we learned today? Because I stop them. I mean, on the spot, if there is a question on our service side, something that we didn't know, I just stop the whole team and then regroup and say, hey, we just find this out, you know, and this is what we, you know, what we need to do. And I de- I encourage them when they do the same, when they find something, hey, I have some insights on something that we didn't know. And I go, okay, let's go ahead and share it and let's all learn about it. So it gives them the opportunity. And I always tell them, I'm here 
to help you become a mini me, like a second, like second me. I said, like, I want the day that any, if anything happened, I said, anyone, any of you guys can step on my shoes. So I'm like to share everything, like how we do it, why we do it. And that's another important thing. Just it's very important. I I, I let um, our other managers know that it's very important that we give them an understanding of why we're doing things in a yes. certain way. Yes. Why is this process so important? What will be the impact of not following the process? Mm -hmm. Or what will be the benefit of actually sticking to the process in a certain way while you still give them their own personality? Like I train them on like on scripts, but I train them more on like on their understanding overall of what the purpose of each call. And then I say you have to put your own heart and feelings and personality. Mm -hmm. And also have them see that whenever we coach, whenever we train, and sometimes not just because they're doing something wrong, but it's because we want to improve their income. So this is how we're going to be able to help you make more money at the end of the road. And, you know, through the, I think I try to have like a training session like every Friday, but I try to make sure that it's not just about work. It's also about life, Mm -hmm. you know? It's about life. It's about how becoming better, how to feel confident, how to love each other, how to love ourselves, how to like, you know, what to even do if we're feeling depressed. Because it's like sometimes you never know when someone may be going down on that road and you bring that type of an insight at the right moment. And I have had those situations when they told me, you know, whatever we talk and whatever we discuss, it was really, I really needed to hear that at that moment. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be just, uh, about the business, you have right. to help them. You have to coach them through life. Mm-hmm. I spend so much time with my BDRs. You know, it's over nine hours sometimes, and I want to make sure that at least I give something little. You know, to make them be a better human at the end of the day. I want to read this comment out loud so we can see the comments. The viewers can see the comments, but when we upload this to the podcast, the, uh, the people on there won't be able to see them. So I want to read some of these out loud. Uh, Robin Wilson says, when we coach for BDC bootcamp, we hear some teams be so scripted that it sounds like they're reading it. The script is a guideline, but Martha is correct. We need personality in there. We are humans. And that is the whole point of the BDC is to add that caring touch before they come into the dealership. And again, we only have one of five senses. When we have them on the phone, we have one. And your biggest selling point on that call is going to be your inflection and your tone of voice. Mm -hmm. And it's so important that it has to be exactly where it is. Because I guarantee you, if you're reading off a script and you're, you know, you're just looking down and you know, you just want to say today is Wednesday, June 28th. That looks like it's 225. I'm just looking at my phone. So I was just trying to use an example, but they're going to know. They're yeah. going to know when you're scripted. Um, if you are not adding your flair into that, your personality into that, your, the customer is going to know it's automatically going to take down the trust factor because they're going to assume you don't know what you're talking about. Yep. And, and nowadays, I feel that something else that we have to, uh, I mean, like, be aware of is the same thing when you text them, when you email them. You know, right. we're so used to use templates, right? For emails. I see companies say like, oh, I have all of these text templates. I have all of these email templates. It's like, you cannot just text a template or email a right. template anymore. If you don't, be, that is, we've been, we've been talking for the last year and a half. Loyalty has gone down. Customers are not loyal to brands anymore. There is so much going on. They just want to be sometimes trendy, right? Or the social media is just going to direct them to different places because based on experience, because now they post everything. So it's the connection. It's the connection that you're going to 
built through that email and through that text message and 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 help and helping be on their right mind, uh, mindset is so important because otherwise they're just going to forget and they're just going to type it away. Yep. Well, and I'll tell you, it's one of the reasons why I I created my own templates and I stopped using what was in the CRMs because what was in the CRMs was so basic mm-hmm. and so not engage worthy. And so I, and we've talked about this in a previous show, I think maybe episode one. Um, but I ended up creating my own templates because I was at the point where I didn't necessarily always trust that the agent was going to say the right thing. And that sounds awful, but you want to make sure that you know what's going out is not just checking a box, but that it's built for engagement and that we're the whole goal of this isn't just to say, oh, I sent an email, I completed a task, but mm-hmm. we want that customer to reply. And they're getting the same type of emails from every dealership they're shopping with. And we know when they're shopping, they're shopping with an average of three dealerships every time. When they put in a lead, average of three stores. So we need to stand out from the other two and make sure that whatever we're saying is above par and it's interesting enough that it makes them want to engage. So I want you to know that A, I read what you wrote. I'm interested in in helping you get the vehicle you're interested in. If it's a trade lead, I want to know more about your trade, more than you already told me. You know, what information additionally can I get from you? And how quickly can you get here for, for my appraiser to look at that? He's very interested in that vehicle. And we need to appraise that as soon as possible because I've got a buyer who's ready to buy that tomorrow if we can buy it today. Yep. Yep. It's, it's, it's a connection. And I think those are the mindsets that we have to work a lot on the new on the sales teams. OK, to change because four years we always tell them, what's the call of your phone call, the text or your email? Oh, setting up the appointment. Yes. Okay, but what's the purpose? You've got to develop that connection. If you don't develop that connection, you don't earn the right, like what we were talking yesterday. And I always tell them, it's like a dating game. I say, you don't go and ask for yes. a date. It's, you don't go and ask for the date if you haven't built a connection. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to be able to do that through your emails. It's always having a hook, leaving a hook on your email or your text for them to be like, say, oh, I want to talk to this person. You know, something, you know, there is something here that, that, that I feel that I should reply but, you know, mm-hmm. to the text or anything else. And, and like I said, making them aware that you're trying to help them out. So, yeah, that's something that I've been training in the last probably, you know, two, three weeks, leaving different type of voicemails and working on the emails uh, because it's, it's important. And the, you know, that brings up an interesting question for me. In the day of transcribed voicemail, what would you say is the most important piece of information that agents constantly forget to leave out of voicemails? Oh, um, I would say it is their name. I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll say that sometimes when you leave a voicemail, you say who you are, but it's like in a scripted way. Hey, this is Martha calling from, you know, ABC Motors, blah, 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 blah. And we go so fast, especially on voicemails. We just like, we just want to sometimes just tackle ask, right? I was training my sales rep and I said, your, the end of your voicemail has to have your signature. Be unique, you know? Be, a, be also clear, speak up, like make sure that they understand who you are, okay? And have a, create a phrase or something that you can brand yourself. Yes. And say that at the end, you know, because among all of the people that send a text message or everybody that leaves a voicemail, you're going to shine, you know, you're going to stand out. Yep. 
100%. And I'll tell you, you know, and, and, and you know, I know you can back me up on this. I know for a fact you can. In the years of us doing this, how frequently does everybody automatically revert to, hi, this is Shasta calling with ABC Motors. Give me a quick call back at 417-540-5955. Click. They were really quick. To, oh, sorry. Hi, yeah, I told you he was going to show up. I'm amazed mine <laughs> I don't know where he is. But you have to, you have to, you have to A, tell them why you're calling. B, give them a reason to call you back. Hi, this is me. Call me back. That's I'm not going to call you back. Who are you? What do you want? Yeah, like, it's the hook. Is that what I said? Like I was telling you, you have to create a hook. What's the reason that this mm -hmm. person is calling me, right? So let me give them a call back. But that hook has to serve them a purpose, you know? So your phrase, your, whatever you're saying, it has to make them feel that you're there to help them resolve a situation, okay? Okay, what do I... Calling me back. Yep. I love that. Well, guys, it's about time to wrap up. Martha, can you tell the audience um, if anybody wanted to get a hold of you or had any additional questions for you, where can they reach you at? Oh, you can reach me. I mean, send me a message, you know, through Facebook. My information is also on LinkedIn, my email address. Okay. I think all of my phone numbers are there. So I'm here. I love to help everybody. You know, I love to share, you know, what I'm doing, you know, and what it's working and what it's not working too, right? Um, to, to save some time and headaches. So feel free to reach out to me. It will be my pleasure. We have absolutely enjoyed having you on the show. We are so thankful that you came on the show and even, even were willing to. Um, so thank you so much, Martha, for joining us. And I think that now we're going to go ahead and wrap up. So in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Whenever you go out into the world this week, remember to light it up. We've been the Chicks in Charge, and I am Jess. I'm Shasta. And remember to light it up, guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs>